Hello, Internet, and welcome to Only Lovers Book Club, where I get together with my quarter-life crisis uh, partners in crime, <laughs> and we read a romance, romance book, and we talk about it. We take turns, and this month was Tashai's turn to pick a book, and she picked Honey Girl uh, by Morgan Rogers. Um, and basically, the way that it works is we read it. Tashai comes up with a couple of things she wants to talk about. We, you know, bring up a couple of things, and we have a good time, hopefully. I think we're all in agreement based on the conversations of the group chat. So let me read to you a little bit about um, the author. So Morgan Rogers has the cutest little picture on her. I'll send it to you guys in the chat. Um, but I'm also going to read the Goodreads one because I think it's good. Um, Morg has a Shih Tzu named Nico and a cat named Grace that she would love to write into a story one day. She likes pupusas, red wine, and brunch. She's Catholic and laughing about it. Her debut novel, Honey Girl, is, was out February 23rd, 2021 from Park Row Books. And she's read by Holly Root, a Root Literary. Um, that's from um, Morgan Rogers, morgwrites.com, uh, her about page. On Goodreads, it says, Morgan is a queer millennial from Baltimore writing about queer millennials. She has a dog and a cat and dreams of one day owning a farm with horses and goats and chickens. Music is her big, biggest creative inspiration, Honey Girl, is her first debut novel. So I thought that was pretty pretty cool. I read both and I'm like, I feel like these should be combined into one. That farm with the chicken and the goats thing, I feel like should be on the... Anyway, whatever. I also watched an author interview um, earlier today. Just I just like to see the authors talking about their work and um, found out that um, she says that she used to she cut her teeth writing um, by writing fan fiction, which I think is really funny. Um, anyway, so Tasha, would you mind reading the uh, back of the book or the Goodreads summary? And then we'll just we'll jump into, you know, our thoughts and your discussion points. So Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. Uh, with her newly completed PhD in astronomy in hand, 28-year-old Grace Porter goes on a girl's trip to Vegas to celebrate. She's not the kind of person who goes to Vegas and gets drunkenly married to a woman whose name she doesn't know, until she does exactly that. This one moment of departure from her stern ex-military father's plan for her life has Grace wondering why she doesn't feel more fulfilled from completing her degree. Staggering under the weight of her father's expectations, a struggling job market, and feelings of burnout, Grace flees her home in Portland for a summer in New York with the wife she barely knows. When reality comes crashing in, Grace must face what she's been running from all along. The fears that make us human, the family scars that need to heal, and the longing for connection, especially when navigating the messiness of adulthood. That sounds like the book that I read mostly today. Sat on my couch, put my phone to the side, and was like, okay, we're doing this. And then I read it, and I was like, okay. Not what I was expecting. So... If you wouldn't mind, why don't you um, tell us what, why you picked this book? And I guess start with your overall impressions. So I picked this book because it was, I'm pretty sure this one is featured on a list of like more diverse reads. Um, I was looking online and trying to find like books and romance books and something that I could pick that wouldn't 
um, depend on Christina and Andrea's recommendations, which I've been leaning on a lot. Because uh, <laughs> you guys have been basically giving me my picks for the last few times. So I'm like, no, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to Google a book and I'm going to find one. And so I picked this one in part because of the of the plot, in part because of the beautiful cover. Ugh, it's just just a really, really pretty book cover. And I was like, PhD student, lesbian, like hell yeah. Um, so that's why that's why I picked it. it. Just it showed up in a list. It was you know it had some good reactions from people. I went on to Goodreads and it was very much either like people love it or people were like not impressed by it. And so I was like, all right, let me, let me, let's give it a shot and see. Um, so that was the why. My overall impression of the book, um, I ended up giving it three stars. Um, it wasn't exactly my, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. There was a lot more like existential ruminations happening. Um, and I think just the the plot behind how these women met and how they end up spending time together was just very much not in line with like my personality. <laughs> and so it was hard for me to kind of be, to get into this, this sort of romance and into this form of like connection happening um i didn't read this character as 28 at all at all like obviously she's older because she just finished her phd but her emotional maturity was very much of like a 19 year old at least to me um and when she meets uh yuki so the main character is grace when she meets yuki who is like her 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 wife I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get this relationship. I I didn't understand this, like, intimate, intense connection when they were blackout drunk in Vegas. Like, it didn't make sense to me because I'm also just more pragmatic, I guess. Like, if I wake up in Vegas and I'm married to someone, I'm getting divorced from that person. I don't care how hot they are. I'm not, I'm not staying married to this stranger. Like, maybe it'll be a funny story. We get together, like, afterwards and then get remarried. And, like, that's our story. But, yeah. And, I, you know, I thought there was some good some good writing. Um, I thought there was some, like, fun scene setting. Um, I have questions about the secondary characters and, like, the chemistry and stuff. So I'll dive into that more, more deeply later. But, yeah, I just, I feel like the book took a step towards something that was just a lot deeper, but I don't know if I got the payoff of what it was trying to do in going into this like depth of struggling with our decisions and family dynamics. And I think every time Yuki had a radio show, I was just like, scanning because I was not into any of what she was saying at all like I was reading through it and I'm like oh my god this Mad is like Tumblr vibes Tumblr see, vibes see? <laughs> it's like the secondhand embarrassment of someone trying to like play a guitar for me 
like please stop this makes me so uncomfortable like i don't i don't want to witness this <laughs> like uh and this has happened before in a class where you know i've been in the in the like i'm going to perform this thing for you and i'm like you're not good please don't do this to me but so that was that that was like my my reaction i mean i would definitely like keep an eye on this writer and like probably check out other stuff just to see like kind of how she takes feedback from this book and applies it to her future developments because i appreciated a lot of the elements that the book did bring um but just not exactly my existential cup of tea um i gave it three and a half stars um I thought it was pretty solid. Like, I didn't love it, but I liked it better than other books we've read this year. Um, like, I think it's, like, solidly in the middle of the pack for me in terms of books we've read this year. Um, I definitely thought it was going to be more of a rom-com. I don't know why. And you're right. It's it's definitely a lot more of, like, a serious book, and it's not, like, a happy romance. It's more the vibes of, like... You know, when you go on Netflix and you look up like the foreign gay movies, like that section, it's like those kinds of vibes of those like lesbian French movies or like, I don't even know. Like, like it's like that section of Netflix is where this book would be shelved. And that's cool. I just didn't know that that's what it was going to be. Um, I could see, like, I didn't find it too far-fetched that they would stay married i feel like people i've i feel like i've met people that are married to people that they've like married on a dare or married for like this and that and then they've like stayed married but they live in like different like states and 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 stuff like they're not actually married they're just like married on paper I, yeah, I feel like France and I came back with a wife, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But anyway, um, that didn't really bother me. I felt like that is something that these specific characters would do. Um, the parts about them and their relationship were probably like my favorite parts of the book. Like, the parts that annoyed me the most were, like, her bitching about not having a job or, like, all, like, that stuff I thought was, like, very repetitive. So, like, every time she was, like, talk I was, like, I get it. You're a minority in more ways than one. And, like, everybody discriminates against you. And now you don't have a job. And also your dad is not proud of you. And your mom's on a spiritual retreat. And your friends are literally all a fucking mess. And, like, I you know, like I get it. I get it. Um, so those were the parts that I was like, okay, here we go again. I enjoyed the radio shows. You're right. I would have followed her Tumblr. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have stayed married to Yuki. Let's be real. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was an I thought it was an okay book. I thought for me, the weirdest parts were honestly her friends. There was just like a lot going on there, and I don't know that it was necessarily portrayed in the healthiest ways, or I don't know. I felt like maybe there should have been some sensitivity readers. 
Um, so for me, like the romance itself was not so much what bothered me as it was like more the other the side characters and like those other kind of plot lines. A lot of the reviews that I like looked up because I won't look for reviews like if it's a book that we're going to talk about I try not to look for reviews until after I'm done. I think because I don't want it to like color my my opinion of the book too much. Um, but it turns out, yeah, uh, no, this is absolutely not a romance. This has like, and that's not to say that it couldn't have been more romantic, which is what I'm going to argue for here. I think that the premise set it up so that it was going to be more romantic, but the author herself says, I would never, I would, I can't write a romance right now. It's too hard. It's really difficult. Uh, this is not a romance. And I was like, yeah, got it. Makes sense. It's more of like a coming of age story for people who are entering their 30s or are in their early 30s and are getting like post-grad panic. Um, people are mislabeling this book then because I found it on a collection of sites that were talking about romance. So yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me check it out. And I think it's because of that, the whole setup, right? The whole setup is, you know, she goes off to Las Vegas to celebrate like 11 years of academia and you know being done with that and she goes on a break uh gets married and you think that it's going to be like that Ashton Kutcher movie and I think that for the people who are in this moment specifically like I think that for for someone in the demographic that the character is in this book could actually be really helpful I didn't like I don't rate books anymore I feel I just feel like I can't be consistent enough with it. And I changed my mind a lot about rating books. If I were, I would give this a low rating just because it didn't really, I don't think it reached me the way that the author intended it to. However, I do think that it is a, it is a good book for someone out there. I think that I've, I've read this book before, but it's not this book. That other book was better. And that book was called Queenie. Queenie is a book um, about a black late 30 sorry late 20 early 30 year old in like england who's like figuring her shit out and it is messy but it is a it's not labeled as a romance and it's got um but it's got a lot of compelling relationship drama uh I think you're saying i read the one that that one's always compared to luster yeah is that like the category yes something like that yeah, this honey girl is not in that category. I'm sure that someone out there who has had experience being a a military child, you know, that has like parents that are overbearing, that this is something that can help them. Um, this is uh, something that maybe someone who is like struggling to set boundaries with their parents can read and be like, yeah, I feel like a mess and this is why and whatever. Someone who is like struggling with their like emotional and like psychological health, you know? Um, but I'm like, I think it's because I've already kind of had a, a, a breakdown uh, for all of those things. So I feel like I'm just kind of way past. <laughs> I'm way past all of um, all of what Grace was going through. Yeah. So basically, this book wasn't for me, but I still appreciated what it was trying to do. And um, yeah, I'm ready to ready to talk about it. So hit, hit me with your best shot, Tosh. Cool, 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 cool. So we actually already answered question one because I said, do you consider this romance or coming of age? So ha 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 ha. Okay. Um, so we know that they got married without knowing anything about each other. And for a while, 
like they don't even really know each other's names, right? Like that's they're just Star Girl and then like Honey Girl or whatever the hell she calls Yuki. And I was wondering if you guys think a whether this is a plausible setup for a real romance, given that it's kind of put within this weird gray area of coming of age versus romance. Um, and how you felt about the chemistry once these two people start interacting with each other, start talking to each other, kind of start really getting to know each other as like a post script to, to the actual marriage part of it. Like, how did you guys feel about just that inherent chemistry and like relationship instigator of this marriage? Um, I do think it's plausible. I, I do think that it happens. Um, and I was I was here for that book. Like I was excited to read this book about these girls who got married first and then had the relationship later. Um, like definitely here for that. Um, I think the way it was executed here was a little weird because they didn't talk right away. Like like the pacing was weird. Like I would have definitely stalked the girl like much sooner than when Grace does and like figured out her name and all of these things like way faster. And I also thought once she finally goes to New York, like I thought things physically moved very slow. Um, I mean, I get like, I get like the pretense of going slow, like sure, maybe for like a day or two, I wouldn't have kissed her, but like we're sharing a bed and we're married. So I definitely wouldn't have gone past like two days. And then I probably would have just skipped like all of the steps and just like had sex straight, like it would be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so that felt like a little, I definitely, as I was reading, I kept thinking like, they haven't done anything yet and they keep talking about how hot each other is but like they still haven't done anything i mean i was glad we eventually got to like a sex scene but uh, so it was like she had been there for like the whole summer before that happened so yeah i i didn't have a problem with the with like the the idea of it i i wish i had read a book that committed more to it though, like like that embraced it more fully. But oh yeah, I think it's plausible. I mean, it sounds like something I would do. <laughs> Just it absolutely does. I believe that. I believe you coming into the group chat and being like, so Guys, something I happened. Totally, I totally and then, and then to shy being like, it, and you already annulled it, right? And me being like, what? I've been thinking about like here's a link. Here's a link. As soon as, as soon as you send that, here's Chris a link calls. To paperwork. Here's a link. I found a link. I found someone to notarize it. I don't know what you think. I should get to know her first. Here like, you I go. Think. Here's the stuff. I've sent it to you in an express envelope. It'll be there. I sent I'm a career. I'm already packing a bag. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. Chris sends you a Snapchat from the airport, like, I'm gonna come and we're gonna talk. And I'm like sending you all the documents. Get the lawyer on the line. <laughs> I know three lawyers. All of them are willing to take this. <laughs> it does sound cool. It does sound crazy cool, though. Like, I like it when stories, you know, use. I like the trope. I think it's like, oh, 
this brash, you know, once in a lifetime kind of thing happens. And it turns out, you know, they were the one. Um, I do, I do like that. I, I don't think that it worked here because it was abandoned so quickly. I think that, yeah, I just wish that it had been picked up a little bit more that she had gone to see Yuki a little bit sooner. And honestly, that Yuki that had Yuki had been a little bit more developed because I feel like she was kind of like relegated to plot device and in certain in certain ways. And I just don't it's it, it just makes me sad because I thought she was a really interesting character. And I understand like the reason for it, because sometimes when you're in a bad place, a good relationship will help you through. But that comes at the expense of the other person sometimes. And I think that Yuki also kind of like expresses that disappointment um, kind of like at the end where she's just like, you know, you're not gonna, so you're not staying? Like you were never gonna stay, I guess, you know? Like she had gotten her hopes up and was hoping for the best, you know? Um, For what we got, I thought it was okay. I I also think it it was part of like the writing, like the writing itself. If there were like too many people talking, I got really confused uh, of like who was saying what. And I thought there were at some points, um, it was really cheesy. (laughs) I thought it was like really cheesy, uh, very corny, just so corny. And um, trying a little, a little too hard to, for a book that's very explicitly like Andrea said, mentioned that yes, this character is going through this. And yes, this is what they're doing. They have to do, you know, we get it, right? So, you know, to then slip into, and then the honey girl stars and this, this and that, it just was too much of a, too much of a tone shift in the same page for me. And it didn't always work. I I could appreciate what was trying to be done, but yeah, it it definitely, it didn't work for me too well. I think a combination- it almost felt like it was like two different books in one. Yeah, yes, I I agree. I agree. I think that the kind of like poetic flowery language did not mesh well with the anxiety that was on the page. Like it definitely it didn't gel. It was like mm-hmm. we shook the oil and the and the vinegar to put it on the salad, but then we like forgot it and then all we got was just like a mismatched homemade dressing. Um, I did. I don't think I get melded, and I think because of that, the relationship didn't work for me. I think that I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, how? I think that the book would have been, but you know how it ends, and it does kind of like pick back up on the romantic kind of like romantic train when it ends in this like happily ever after, happily for now type situation. I think that it would have been better. I think would have fit the book better if Grace had gone outside to text Yuki and then like that's where the book ends. We don't know if Yuki responds. We don't know what happens after that. It's just kind of like a really big question mark. And I think that would have fallen more in line with what the book was trying to say. Yeah. Where like you think you have life figured out, but you don't. Even when I can see that. Even when some things are going really well, like she's figured out a lot of stuff. And so she wants to kind of like pick up this relationship. Because sometimes that happens. You have a crisis and you put a relationship on hold, whether it's like a friendship or a family relationship, a romantic relationship, et cetera. You put it on hold Mm -hmm. and it's not always there by the time that you're ready to pick it up. I also think that like this book was trying to get me to care about too many different mini arcs and they all felt very disjointed. 
And I feel like some of them could have been eliminated. Like we had the whole drama con el papá. And then we had the whole drama con la mamá. And then her new boyfriend. And then we had the drama con las amigas roommates. And then the drama with the friend with the with the tea shops. And then the drama with the with the romance. Like and then that, her but... drama with the jobs. And it was just like all of there was just so many going on. Mm -hmm. like it was hard to care about all of them because there were too many of them and like yeah. I said and you already know that was my biggest issue with the book was like all of those side characters and the stuff they had going on but yeah. I think that that felt disjointed too and maybe it would have helped the book if there was just like less of those I think it was just distracting like if if it's not a romance then you can strip away a lot of this extra stuff and focus in on this like self fulfillment journey without losing the story you're trying to tell. And like, I, I agree about the pacing of the romance. And I feel like as soon as I started reading about Yuki, she just felt so much like a manic pixie stereotype and it didn't feel like there was any weight to to her character. And so that's why I wasn't convinced by this sort of relationship working out because you have Grace, who's this like super intense, serious, stu studious person who's going through this crisis. And then you have this like little fairy character floats in like, oh, I have all this. I'm just, I'm so quirky. I do all these things. Like I, how are she paying for this radio show? Who is funding this when she works at like, a, a restaurant? I had a lot of questions about this radio show, which seemed to like last for 30 seconds, um, like every episode. And I'm like, you could have just podcasted this in your house. Like you could have just done this in your living room. I've lived in New York for 10 years now. And I know a lot of weird people. You meet a lot of artists. You meet a lot of like characters. I know a lot of people who do theater. I know a lot of people who do comedy. Like, I know a lot of people who are very, like you put them in a room together and you can tell who is a performer um, and who performs like as part of their job and who is just like a performer in, in the way that they talk. Like, you guys know me, I get drunk or I get high and I'm just like, ah! like karaoke i'm a i'm a like social performer and then and so you kind of like rank people this way after a while and i'm reading this book and all the side characters felt so it felt like caricatures of characters like they were so so chaotic. unique so, so chaotic so <laughs> interesting that it didn't feel possible that you would have like yuki and her three roommates living together because no one would pay the bills no one would take the trash out there was no one who was the straight person like the straight character straight man boring i'm gonna i have a spreadsheet to keep track of things and everyone was just interesting and it was exhausting after a while to try to keep up with these characters because i feel everyone was like dating everyone like all of the roommates were dating all of the roommates in like both situations 
<laughs> the best <laughs> friends were friends, but also hooking up, but also one of them like worked at the institution where the other one was getting help, and that's a legal issue Yo, right what there. The fuck? This, those ethics were all over the place. In- and that would but never then, legally happen. But then, That's like, so then, like, the new roommate moved in to take her place, and then she, like, becomes, like, when I at least seen Wonka, she becomes involved with them, too. Yeah, like, in order to live in this house, you need to, like, be down to <laughs> hook up with both of us, because that's the only way that this living situation works Ooh. out. But I, I appreciated that... I appreciated the chaotic energy. I appreciated the... Just the fact that there were queer friendships in the story. Do you know what I mean? That that stuff. Yeah, that but stuff- I also feel like it, okay, I get it. Like, yes, I'm happy that everybody's gay, but also just because you're gay doesn't mean like you need to be making out with each other 24 no, seven. I agree. It was a lot. It was way too. It was way too much. And I do feel like, okay, I love a good queer friend group. I love a good queer friend like support group but this was a lot and uh, not very helpful I feel and I also don't I did not like um how this motherfucker Raj or whatever the fuck his name is or something how when he came to visit her in New York and just kind of like was mad about his own situation about not being able to become a doctor and he gave her so much shit. Like, he basically drank and verbally abused her and then was like, sorry, I was drunk. And she was like, no, oh, sorry. I guess but I also, he did that to himself. He did exactly. that to himself. You can say, I don't want to do this. And it would be figured out. You did that to yourself, bro. Don't put that yeah. shit on her. Yeah. But but no, it was it was a lot. Like, I felt like, right, that's what I felt like I was missing when we read um, Get a Life, Danny Brown, where I'm like, oh, she's got, like, one gay friend. Like, where's the rest of them? You know? <laughs> where's the rest of them? here, here, it's like, every Too single many. person that appears fucking clown me. car of queers just fucking, fucking my story up. <laughs> and, again, I have a lot. I know a lot of people who are part of the queer community. I also have, like, some straight friends. Like, they were missing the token straight friend they're that, around. That, that took out the trash and paid the bills. I see them. I hang out with them. You know, and even all the queer friends I do have aren't like very aggressively <laughs> in your face about all the stuff they do at work and in their private like times. Like, so okay. I'm I'm it, glad it, it wasn't just me being like this. Feels very no. cranked up to like twelve. Yeah. With, with I, uh... the characters because then it was hard for me to like another question was like what was your favorite side character and I had I couldn't nobody I couldn't differentiate I guess the mom because she's just in Florida like definitely getting high oh having mom sex with cool. her young boyfriend mom was chill mom, mom was chill I don't even know that I would the lake monster <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like any of the side characters that's why it's a 3.5 tell me tell me tell me like how you make a monster hunt sound like the most boring shit ever (laughs) so boring i'm like this shit sucks they didn't even take drugs like they didn't even take they didn't take no drugs or alcohol 
how on this outing. dare they be sober during this expedition to try to find like a Loch Ness monster? Oh, and that's, how, that's how you know that these characters aren't realistic either because I love you guys to the ends of the earth. But if I had just gotten off like a 12 hour work shift and you were like, Andrea, come on a six hour car ride to this lake to see if we see this monster, I would have been like, no. So like I get to my house thinking I'm going to go to sleep and you're like, no, let's get in the car. This would have been planned months in advance and I had appropriate dosages of shrooms for everybody involved. Enough so that Andrea had a little bit of a visual effect, but not enough to make her panic. And enough for Christina to be like, my skin feels like velvet, but not enough to panic. And we would all just been sipping our tea by the lake. I think that would have have had a lot of different activities to like, you know, it's the sweet in the pot for everyone. So like the the hiking aspect would have been like the one thing for Drea and then the monster hunting for me. I would have taken the stand up paddle. Exactly. That's how you find a lake monster staying in the fucking lake. Andrea paddle boards. Christina's hunting for like otherworldly creatures. And I'm high on the (laughs) lake shore. That sounds like a good time. Like this is this is gonna be the only lovers trip. This is maybe the only lovers trip. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of monsters, Let me hold get on. rid of the supporting character question. <laughs> Do you, I, I did want to? I'm gonna jump in real quick, unless you have a question about this, Sash. But I, because we're talking about the monsters. Do you have a question or a comment about that one text that Yuki sent to Grace? That was the fucking corniest, stupidest thing I ever read in the English language when when Grace leaves like first of all Grace like bails she bails while Yuki is at work after they have the same thing and um Yuki sends her a text that says when you told me that you didn't believe in monsters I didn't know that that also meant me and I was like what (laughs) okay not gonna lie though I've sent texts like that girl come on now (laughs) She would have gotten a Venmo request from oh, me. Here's God. how much you owe me for all the food I, you ate. I have sent many a pathetic, corny post-breakup text in I my cannot. life. I cannot. I'm sorry. She's I not a... chose to be friends with me. Wait, That's okay. True. I will say, I have written, I've written not a text. I've written a, like, letter. Mm-hmm. You know, I've written letters. And it was like, what was it? Um, oh, I think I said something like, I want you to know that you're the only man who has ever made me feel as terrible as I feel. And that's like how you're going to be remembered in my story. I've I've said, I've written, I've written stuff like that where it was like, you're, you're the person who has hurt me the most. And this is what I'm going to remember you by. Damn sick burn. I write shit like that too, but I don't send it. Oh, I, I sent it. I sent Can't it. fucking catch me with these I receipts. No. So I just thought that that was stupid. I. <laughs> that's when I. That's when if I'm Yuki, if I'm Yuki Ray, and I send that message, and like, I'm like, I'm done. That's it. I can't go back from like this humiliating text. I don't. No. I can't do it. I would have. I would have sent something like. For, yeah, but you wouldn't for a have girl who knows the most about this. 
you completely failed to grasp the smallest things about love. Some something like that. Yeah, but well, less I, corny, but like you see, I yes, I get that in like in theory because I also know that like neither of you would have played that recording, right? That Grace sends her at the end. You would have been like, this motherfucker thinks she can just waltz back, delete. But I would have told you I was going to delete it, but instead I would have listened to it. And then I would have gone to the wedding. Nah, absolutely not. Ba basically, as soon as Grace Porter was going to walk out of my life, that's it. Block. We're moving. We're changing the locks on the apartments. We're not going to do this, but, you know, and it's. Again, Chris, it's fine. Chris it's, is be like none of you are friends anymore. None yeah, of you can be friends with her. You All can't of you talk erase to her, her anymore. You can't talk to her anymore. Uh, she's not your friend. I don't want to hear about her. If I catch one of y'all talking about her behind my back, it's over, and you owe me twice the rent. Do you know, like, and you're I cooking and cleaning for the next two months or something. I I would have cur cursed her. I have been the Grace, and I have been the Yuki multiple times i want to say that i have been the grace and i have also been the yuki but i would have never subjected the other person to any what? shenanigans yeah I'm what were you purpose. saying to shenanigans oh that <laughs> having both experiences is what makes you a well-rounded person and that's why these characters fell a little <laughs> because there was no like balance I did not have a question about that, so that was good that you brought it up. Um, I put, I mean, I guess we talked about the characters enough, but I, because we've kind of touched on the, like, authenticity question of it, because I feel like it just, there wasn't enough authenticity, either from the relationships or from the places, like, I don't, I don't know. It didn't feel as, as authentic to me as I feel like it was trying to be. So, like, before I read this book, I read while I was um, seeing my family, uh, or no, more or less around the same time, I read Juliet Takes a Breath. And that book has, like, a lot of characters and is very diverse and has a lot of stuff going on and has this, like, quirky, white, like, feminist character person and there were some elements of it that were like super fantastical, but for the most part, it felt like a lot more, it felt more authentic to me and like believable to me. And I think because I read them so close together and it was also its own coming of age story of someone trying to discover themselves and stuff that I ended up drawing these parallels in my head. And it just like, it just felt like it lacked something that I could connect with. And I wonder, like, was there something you guys were able to connect with despite the other stuff that was kind of lacking? Because I couldn't really, I couldn't really, like, even, even her struggle of trying to figure out who she is and what she's doing, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost as hell. But, you know, working on it. And it still didn't resonate with me that much, so. I think that one of the reasons it didn't, like, resonate with me was because 
I'm not going to say that. Okay. So when you don't have like, boundaries with your parents, that can be really, that can be traumatizing. That can create trauma that you have to work through. Uh, and, you know, setting those boundaries, setting new boundaries after like a lifetime of not having them is difficult and you need help. Um, and as a person who has like sought therapy to like be able to maintain healthy boundaries to keep healthy relationships in my life, I was able to connect to Grace in that way. That's why I say like I can see part of myself in in Grace as well. That being said, it it's also like tantamount to a lot of other things that are happening in in my life. You know, I didn't know what I was gonna do after I didn't have a job. But I did not have both of my parents financially supporting me. And I did not have a PhD or whatever. So I felt like can't relate because there's like a level of privilege here, despite her being a woman of color, despite her being a queer woman, that I felt like I could just it, the puzzle pieces were not were not fitting for me because. I mean, I would have fucking taken a vacation, too, and I would have I would have absolutely taken a break. And I would have absolutely just like as soon as I'm having like my fucking breakdown, forget it. I'm not talking to mom. I'm not talking to dad. I'm not talking to anybody. Fuck you guys. Taking my ATM and going somewhere where no one can talk to me. Um, but I can't do that. And so I felt like I felt like Grace's Grace's issues, while not like life or death, were valid, but also didn't have like a the stakes were very low for me. This is very just and because there wasn't enough like romantic drama, you know what I mean? If there wasn't like enough incentive for me to like really, um, really just want rooting, rooting for her and, and for, I just was like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm here for the ride, but I'm not, you know, rooting for anyone. I just, I guess I want to see what happens. And, you know, throughout the trajectory, you know where this is going. This is kind of like, you know, we're going to have, see like a positive outcome at the end. I wish that more had been done to kind of like talk about women in STEM, women in astronomy in general. I know that uh, very recently, I think as of 2017 or 2018, there was like a study that was done on, you know, women, especially women of color reporting harassment um, and, you know, feeling like they weren't, be they weren't given opportunities. So there's like not a lot of women in astronomy and, less women of color and they're all getting like you know the short end of the stick so to speak to the point that they you know they report that their co-workers harass them they report that they're um there's like inequality like obvious inequality uh in payment and that affects their affects their ability to network and move up you know in the echelons of, of this like field and um yeah i just i don't feel like we really got to see that in the story as much as i would have hoped i know a lot of people are like you're a damn good astronomer i'm like i don't know what that looks like like did she make a discovery like what? how is she a damn good astronomer because she like got good grades that she's also a straight a student too so i'm like okay like what's the struggle here exactly i wanted i wanted to know like, i'll help you no i wanted to know like remember how we when we read danny brown we were like, oh, we want more info on like her dissertation or whatever. Yes, but at least, where's the but abstract? At, <laughs> but at least like Danny Brown like had a dissertation. Like, what what was what was this girl's dissertation? Because I didn't know what 
you can't just say like I got a PhD in astronomy like you clearly focused on like one very specific niche thing because that's how PhDs work tampons like, in space but uh, you know what I mean like space is so humongous like I wanted to know what specifically she like focused on and like now I feel bad for like criticizing and Danny Brown because we didn't hear more of it because at least we knew what she like studied and what she was like teaching. We knew the title of her piece here. She's like, I love space. I'm like, okay, there's a lot involved there. And I feel like you're telling me that she's smart without showing me that she's smart. Exacto. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, that's that's what I mean when I, I say like, there were just levels of inauthenticity because if you're going to tell me this character is so, so, so dedicated to this thing and she spent all this time achieving this thing, like achieving what? And like, why was it so hard for her to ask her mentor? Like her mentor helped up that helped set up no, that interview. Where was her And she counselor? took her shit during the interview. Like how exactly did you fuck the interview up so hard that you're not getting a job? And is that the yeah. one opportunity you also, had? Period? I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna get into specifics, but let's I'll, do it. I follow a lot of college professors on Instagram and from what I've seen, like the process of like, like once you graduate, like once you're, you basically spend like the whole last year of your like PhD dissertation thing applying for a job. So like, it's not, it's not like, a, it's not like other fields where you're like, te graduaste de bachillerato. And then you start going to random interviews like no usually with phd programs like you're interviewing way before you even graduate um and it's because it's like a really long process right and it's usually has like a bunch of different rounds and it's like you it's not even just one interview it's like a process that's going to take months and months so but i think that's just one of those things where it's like she wanted to write a character who had a PhD in astronomy because it sounded romantic. It like, sounds romantic, actually... and it matches yeah. Yuki's like celestial. Yeah, also romantic that that, poetry. but that's not like how PhDs actually work. Yeah, uh, and not even just like following influence, just knowing people who were like in PhD programs and like being like academia adjacent. It's like a lot of PhD students are already teaching because that's kind of like part of the that's kind of the part process. of your process. And so I'm like, well, wasn't she all right? Yeah, because I'm not, that's usually, why, that's why usually, I didn't understand that she has no job lined up. I'm like, your work with your mentor should have meant that you were doing work within a, an office or with someone as part of you acquiring the experience. Like basically when you finish the PhD, you've kind of been a, an employee for the last part of it to get the necessary knowledge to get the evidence that supports you the thesis defense um that being said i still think that this would have been like really helpful for someone that having like post-grad crisis to read yeah i still think that this because it does happen where you get you get to that age and you're like okay i guess i should have everything figured out by now and like I don't think anyone does at this point. I don't think I'll anyone write. has anything figured out at this point. Um, and I'll write the coming of age story about the person who didn't finish their masters. I got you. I'll write it. I'll write about that trauma. I did like it that she 
um, portrayed finding a therapist, finding a therapist that was right for you, like requesting, like, I don't want to be with a therapist that doesn't understand queer people or queer people of color. Like, I can't, I can't be with someone who like doesn't understand my struggle, you know? Um, so her asking for like a, a black woman therapist, I think was important. I, I don't think that, like a lot of people know that they can do that or like that they should do that, you know? Um, sometimes people just don't have the option because they, you know, depending on the coverage that they have in their medical plans, you know? Um, and I do like it that it was kind of like the beginning of the process of getting better, not like, oh, I'm in therapy and that everything is solved, you know? Um, that's what reminded me a lot of my story because I think the way that I wanted it to end is like that that's when the end of the story is when the character begins therapy because they're like, oh, I can't figure it out on my own. I can't, I, I don't have the tools to, to step outside of the situation and, you know, create boundaries and get out of these like mental mousetraps that I've created for myself. I did think that that was very good. Um, and I think that that was a pretty accurate portrayal of how therapy goes, especially if you're like, I don't need this, or you are the kind of person who like advocates a lot for mental health. But then when it comes for you getting it, you're like, <laughs> like, I don't have time for that. Like you should get therapy. I don't need therapy. You should get it. So um, I thought that that was really cool. Um, and it's hard to have everything figured out, especially now, like this book came out like in February, February, which means that it was like, you know, in the works, like all of last year. And now in like September, 2021, you know, you're just like, with everything that's going on with the panini and the, the sweater weather of the planet, you're just like, okay, for real, like, what do I, what do I do? So, you know, it's not like a foreign concept. Um, but it's not something you can grapple with on your own. You need help either from your chaotic career group or, you know, your therapist or whatever. Yeah, I, I was of the mindset of a lot of this could be solved if she just like went to therapy. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of this is going on. I'm like, mm, I feel like if you were talking to someone, then they could guide how to start your job. And, and I think it's weird off. that no one suggested that to her. At least, like from like Himea and Agnes, like at least that they didn't recommend. They weren't like, are you talking? Because they were both fucking violating dozens of psychology and medical laws, and were just like, whatever licensing uh, is involved in in being able to work in the in the fucking mental health place. Fired. Immediately fired. Oh my god. I that was... shit was weird. That was weird. The same way that that's not quite how a PhD works, this is not quite how it works when you have a job in a place and someone comes in with issues and then you're like, I'm just gonna be their roommate. But then we're gonna do it. That's so unethical. <laughs> so many lines were crossed. That's like someone being your therapist and then you like date them while you are their patient. Okay, I'm done. Woo. Okay, any last any last thoughts? That's that's all the questions I had. I, I, one of my notes is like, hey, you know, this is like very relatable to millennials. Um, and you know, black girls need to have their midlife or quarter life crises too. 
And it's one of those things where, like, I know I've sat through, like, white people's life crisis without, without even getting an eye. Like, oh, yeah, it's really hard to figure shit out. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to come down too hard on the book. But I do think that, you know, in the way that it's written and the way that the story kind of takes it, starts one way and ends kind of like in another, it was a little bit too disjointed and too too all over the place. Not romantic enough for it to for it to like land with me. Um, I it's not a book for me, but I think that it it is a book for someone out there. I agree, I agree. There's definitely people out there who see themselves in this character, and that's why there's a plethora of re- of reviews. Like some people loved it and were like, "Oh my god, yes, amazing!" Ah. And other people were like, "What did I just read? Like, I don't know what story this is trying to tell." So. I, I agree. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening and or watching. We will see you at the end of next month for not really a spoopy read, but more like a YA queer music festival goodness. Um, thanks, Tosh, for picking this book. It's, you know, it's always good to discussion things. <laughs> and um, if, uh, if this was a book that you liked and I mean, cool. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, I think we're all just like knee deep in crises and we're like, I don't need this right now. But maybe you do. Maybe you're in a crisis and you need to. Look, I sound like Yuki. I'm talking to the lonely people out there. Okay. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link. You can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club. And from there, Find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode.